My name is Kamala Burton. I'm Taylor. I am Jessica. Derek. We're XR Church. Angie Wachnitz. Clave. Caitlin. Carissa Mars. I'm Clark. I'm Kelly Goff. Andrew Winston. Joe. Shana. Jesus. Alex O'Toole. From Tupelo, Mississippi. From Round Rock, Texas. From Lincoln, Nebraska. From Tulsa, Oklahoma. From Phoenix, Arizona. From Salt Lake City, Utah. Juana, Mexico. I'm from St. Louis, Missouri. I'm from Orange County, California. And I am. And I am. And I am. I am. And I am. Yo soy. I'm leading second. Leading second. I'm leading second. Leading second. Leading second. Leading Second. What's up? Welcome back to season three of the Leading Second podcast. My name is Brandon Stewart, and we are so excited and honored that you have found this space today. Of course, we created Leading Second to be a resource for all of us who lead from the middle. And so if you're here today and you lead, but you're not in charge, then Leading Second is for you. We consider leadership to be the greatest need of any church, the greatest lid of any church. And we are deeply passionate on seeing leadership run deeper in our churches and in our organizations. So welcome to this space. So glad you're here today. And uh, however you're watching this or listening to this today, it would be our great honor if you would hit the subscribe button. Uh, we would count it uh, such a privilege to have a space in your life, in your world every single week. Of course, the Leading Second podcast releases episodes every Thursday morning, most of the year. And uh, we're attempting this year to wrestle through some things, to bring you some conversations and walk through some of the tensions that we experience leaning from the middle in hopes that we can be better and that God's church can move forward. So we're so glad you're here today. Uh, before we get into today's episode and this month's topic, uh, we have another two-minute challenge uh, to bring to you today from a leader and the Leading Second Tribe. Uh, this is a good one today. You're going to want to hear this. So without any further ado, here is our two-minute challenge for this month. Hey, friends. I'm Kristen from Storyside Church, um, and here's my two-minute challenge to you. So true story, back in 2014, I came on staff at my church um, as part-time worship leader and admin. And I remember sitting down with my pastor having a one-on-one -on -one, and he asked me a question and he, he asked exactly what I felt like God was going to do in my life. And I told him about this dream that I had where I felt like God was calling me to. It was so, so outrageously big and I needed to start working on it immediately. When I think back to that moment, Pastor Micah rightfully should have laughed at me, but he didn't. He actually said six words. He said, first the root, then the fruit. First the root, then the fruit. In other words, get planted first, and then you'll start to flourish where God intends for you to flourish. Um, I was really irritated in that moment um, because it seemed as though my dreams were going to be put on hold, but I stayed. I served the church, served the vision, served my leader. I let my roots grow deep and I kept serving the church and serving the vision and serving my leader. And it took me a few years from even for me to even recognize that I was truly planted. And then like a whirlwind, God started to open up doors for me left and right and um, connections in right relationships. And even still, I I, with all of the open doors, I remained planted. So my encouragement to you, um, if you're leading from this second chair, is don't don't um, don't quit because your dreams seem like they're in the shadows or they're on the shelf. 
you can actually serve the church and serve the vision and serve your leader with your whole heart and dream big. So I'm Kristen and this is my two, two minute challenge for you. So all year this year for season three of the Leading Second podcast, we are looking at the tensions of leading from the middle. And we're considering, we're wrestling through this idea of how we can lead through the tensions, lead in the tensions. If you haven't had a chance yet to listen to our first episode from season three, I'd highly encourage you to do that. Uh, Just backing up, we talked on that episode about the idea that you actually don't want to be part of an organization or a leadership environment without tensions, that it's actually through the tensions, not removal from, but through the tensions, where I believe God can do some of his greatest work in us and through us. So you're going to want to check that out. And all year long, each month, we're going to be looking at a different tension. And today, I couldn't be more excited about this as we, uh, uh, I guess, get into our first topic. We're going to talk about a big one today. Like we're going for the jugular uh, for this month's episode. Today, we're going to talk about the tension of authority versus submission. Two words our culture hates right now. <laughs> the the tension of walking in authority versus the tension of walking in submission. I want to remind you also when it comes to tensions that our goal is not to get to the right or to the left. In other words, it's not to consider which one is better. The idea is um, finding ourselves in the brutal, beautiful middle of the tensions. And this is a big one because as leaders, we will walk in both of these things simultaneously. When we lead in church life, we will experience the tension of walking in our own authority while being submitted to our own leaders. In other words, we we experience taking authority while submitting at virtually the same moment. I mean, it, it's so real in the life of a middle-level leader. It's so real that sometimes you can't distinguish those moments from each other. I mean, am I a leader or am I a follower? Well, it's both. I mean, even in the name leading second, I hope you hear the paradox in that title. Like I I hope you hear the tension even in our title. Am I a leader or am I a follower? The answer is yes to both of those things. In other words, um, these tensions are not just reserved for toxic relationships. So this tension is not just present if you, let's say, disagree with your pastor or um, if you're trying to find your way as a leader. Even the healthiest relationships and the healthiest teams will experience the tension of authority versus submission. When everyone on the team is a leader but not a follower, when we go to that side of the equation, think about it for a second. Think what that team is like when everyone on the team is a leader but is not a follower. That team is going to be subject to turf wars, power struggles, (laughs) positional leadership, people that have to lead out of position because everyone's concerned with position, mind you. And ultimately, teamwork breaks down in that team when Everyone's a leader. No one's a follower. Now let's think about the opposite. When everyone on the team is a follower, 
but not a leader. Think about that environment for a second. The, every decision has to end up at the top with the lead pastor because no one can make a decision uh, anywhere else down the organization. Team members in that environment aren't multipliers. And ultimately, every job in the church will have to be paid or stipend or hired because there is no leadership culture. There's no ask of bringing people to the table of, of, of sacrifice and submission and honor. There's a potential for a hireling culture. You may have a good attitude if you have a bunch of followers on a team, but the mission will not move forward when everyone is a follower and no one is a leader. But let's think about when both of these things are working at the same time on our teams, when when everyone on the team has embraced the tension of being a leader and the follower simultaneously, people feel empowered. Staff and team members are multipliers. Collaboration happens. Disagreements and differences are dealt with quickly, like we come to the table of truth really quick because we're going to lead in that moment, but we're also going to submit to each other in that moment. It's called mutual submission. Uh, the best idea wins in those meetings when people bring their best but are willing to go with the team. Uh, projects are brought to life quicker and more involvement and more people at the table. That's when we have embraced the tension of leading and following at the same time. I want to take us for a minute to Luke chapter 7. In Luke chapter 7, Jesus has this amazing interaction with a Roman soldier. You know this story well. Um, I'm going to read to us out of the Passion Translation. It says this, after Jesus finished giving revelation to the people on the hillside, he went to Capernaum. There he found a Roman military captain who had a beloved servant he valued highly. And the servant was sick to the point of death. When the captain heard that Jesus was in the city, he sent some respected Jewish elders to plead with him to come and heal his dying servant. So when they came to Jesus, they told him, the Roman captain is a wonderful man. Listen to how he was described as a leader. The Roman captain is a wonderful man. If anyone deserves to have a visit from you, it is him. Won't you please come? This is Jewish people, people who are being occupied by the Roman forces, the Roman officers. Think about how the, this group of people is, is describing an occupying leader. Won't you please come to his home and heal his servant? For he loves the Jewish people, and he even built our meeting hall for us. Verse number six, Jesus started off with them, but on his way there, he was stopped by friends of the captain who gave this message. Master, don't bother to come to me in person, for I am not good enough for you to enter my home. I am not worthy enough to even come out and meet one like you. But if you would just release the manifestation of your healing right where you are, I know that my young servant will be healed. In verse eight, here's what I wanted us to get to today. This is still the centurion talking. Unlike you, I am just an ordinary man. Listen to his submission. Yet I understand the power of authority and I see that authority operating in you. This is like leadership goals right here that, that we would get this. I have soldiers under me who obey my command. I also have authorities over me whom I likewise obey. So master, just speak the word and healing will flow. Verse number nine, Jesus marveled at this. He turned around and said to the crowd who had followed him, listen, everyone, never have I found even one among the people of God, a man like this who believes so strongly in me? 
Jesus then spoke the healing word from a distance. When the man's friends returned to the home, they found the servant completely healed and doing fine. So this story incredibly inspires me. Uh, Just around the idea of leading and following, I have about three points I want to pull out for us today out of this story to help us see this tension of authority and submission happening in this man, which I pray will become our story as well. Here's the first thought I have, and I'm wording it for me, but take this as your own today. Here's the first thought I have. My pastor needs me to be a great leader. Okay, let's just stop there. My pastor needs me to be a great leader. If you hear the way the Jewish people described the centurion, he was described as a wonderful man. He deserves a visit from you, Jesus. He was obviously a great leader. He was pleasing to both his commanding officer and the people who followed him. And I guess here's what I wanted to say to everybody. First of all, we'll get to the balancing thought in just a second. Your pastor needs you to be a great leader. I truly believe that the greatest lid any church anywhere will ever experience is a leadership lid. You might say, that's not true, Brandon. We need more money. Well, that's true, but leaders can raise money. Or you might say, well, we have a building problem or we have a volunteer problem. Yeah, well, leaders build buildings and leaders recruit people. So every lid we experience can ultimately be traced back to a leadership lid. In fact, Jesus in Matthew chapter 9 When his own ministry was expanding and growing, he said these words, the harvest is plentiful, the laborers are few. He didn't say the harvest is plentiful, but the systems are few. Uh, The harvest is plentiful, but the structure is few. Uh, The Instagram ads are few. No, when, when, when the harvest was plentiful, he pointed to our great lid, which is a leadership lid. I guess let me say it like this. There are many things that are important in your life for someone who's in ministry. Prayer is important. Having character is important. Reading the word is important. All of those things, like you can't replace any of those things in the life of a believer, but none of those things replace leadership skills. That that leadership is something that is required in addition to if we're going to move forward. One of the greatest things you can do as a middle-level leader, as a leading second leader in your church. One of the greatest things you can do for your pastor is constantly sharpen your own leadership skills, constantly sharpen your own leadership abilities. Your pastor needs you to be a really, really great leader. But here's my second thought for you. My pastor also needs me to be a great follower. It's not either or. It's both. Luke chapter 7, back to the centurion, this was his own profession of himself. Unlike you, I am just an ordinary man. And he went on to describe having soldiers under him that obey his command. I I am an ordinary man. Our pastors need us to be the kind of leaders who can lead strong but follow well at the same time. In other words, when you lead second, it means there are times when you will take charge, but also times where you submit. There are times where you take the shot, but times where you pass the ball. There are times where you own the moment and times, maybe more, where you cheer others on as they own their moment. 
where you are a team player, not a ball hog for yourself. Our pastors, one of the greatest things we do for our pastors is stand in rooms and represent them or stand in rooms and represent the culture of our church, the culture of our team. So our pastors, in addition to being great leaders, need us to also be great followers. Now, I want to introduce a term to you that I've come to adopt into my life. I learned this from a, fan, a friend of mine. His name is Dan Lord. He pastors a church now in St. Louis, Missouri. It is a term I'm, I'm giving him credit once and never again after this, so it's on record now. But we would call this U-turn leadership. U-turn leadership. This is the art of taking charge and leading strong while remaining highly flexible and coachable with your pastor or your direct report. So, so here's what U-turn leadership feels like, sounds like. I feel like I try to um, bring this to my pastor in my own leadership responsibilities for my pastor at my church. U-turn leadership sounds like this. I'm allowed to lead. I'm encouraged to lead. I'm empowered to lead. My pastor wants me to get out there and get the job done and lead. However, if my pastor walks into a room and or walks into a situation and makes a different call, he asks me to quickly make a U-turn, no questions asked. No attitude, no um, raised eyebrows, no comments to people, not even hiding something in my heart. And, and if I can get that right, if I can handle the rare U-turns that happen in my life as a leader, I get the privilege and honor and the trust to lead on their behalf. In other words, I get to get out there. I get to do the things that I feel like God's putting in my heart for our ministry. I get to lead as long as I can handle the U-turns and follow at a moment's notice. I, I think the, the tension there is that a lot of young leaders are hungry to lead and want to lead, but the second their pastor comes in and maybe pulls the pastor card, maybe pulls the trump card in the moment, frustration rises, we start to add up, you know, I'm not empowered. I guess I'm here to say as someone that's been on the same team all of my adult life, uh, as someone that's been in the same church all my, all my life, uh, what I can say to you is that the more often you get it right as a follower, the greater trust you'll have as a leader. And I feel like even just now I'm getting into seasons where where I'm getting to make greater calls and I'm getting to do some of the things. They were always in my heart 15, 20 years ago. They were always there, but I now have the trust and empowerment to do what I wanted to do then. I gained that by being really great with some U-turns along the way. So number one, my pastor needs me to be a great leader. Number two, my pastor also needs me to be a great follower. And I think the third thing that I want us to hear, and our, our culture just desperately needs to hear this right now, is being a great follower comes before being an effective leader. Being a great follower comes before being an effective leader. The centurion said this, and I pray this is said of me, yet I understand the power of authority. And I see that authority operating through you. Before we can walk in authority, we must understand the power of authority. Following comes before leading. I heard a leader in my life 
say this one time. They said, isn't it interesting how the people who don't want to have a boss always end up becoming one? It's interesting how the seasons where we're under authority sometimes bring issues in us to the surface. And sometimes when those situations get imperfect, we try to remove ourselves from the situation of being a follower. And it's just really interesting to me how people who can't be followers many times want to try to lead for themselves. And, and so often, tragically, it goes so wrong. The authority to lead comes from the humility to submit. Right now, our culture, or just our prevailing culture, particularly in North America, in the U.S., our culture hates the words authority and submission. Our culture right now views authority as something to overthrow, something to stand up to, something to resist, something to get woke to. That would be like what you hear, read, read five minutes on a news app on your phone, and you will see this. As I'm recording this right now, there is a trial going on in our nation to try to impeach our president. That is not a political statement. That is saying there is something rising up because the same thing could very well be happening if the tables were flipped. There is a polarization and a, a caustic nature to our conversation about authority right now. And it's completely against what the Bible says about authority. And then there's a real strong viewpoint right now towards submission, the, the, the real S word in our culture. Um, we view it as weakness. We view it as conformity. We view it as, as you know, just kind of going with the flow. And I just want to offer the, the thought to us as Christian leaders, as church leaders, I want to offer us the thought today that there is strength in our humility. There is strength in our submission. We have to be the kind of leaders that stand up and say, we're going to think differently than prevailing culture does today. It is time for us as God's people, as church leaders, it's time for us to take back the definitions of authority and submission. We stand on the word of God. Like we believe the word of God. We believe Romans 13, that all authority is established by God. We believe, as has happened in the life of David towards Saul, that if I honor my leaders, God honors me. Like we stand on the word, we stand on the promises of the word, and even in those moments where it feels selfless, even in those moments where it feels like I'm giving up something, that's when Jesus said, you'll find your life when you lose it. There is strength in your humility. There is strength in your submission, which kind of leads me to the final thing I want to talk to us about today. When we are submitted and yielding to those over us, that's what it means to be submitted, to yield. We take on their strength, which is greater than our own. I've seen many leaders forget, I guess, in church life, that what they're part of is making them a whole lot better than they are on their own. I've seen leaders forget and lose sight of the fact that a lot of anointing and um, being used by God and opportunities we have as leaders in the middle, a lot of the blessing that we're experiencing isn't necessarily coming from us. It's coming from the thing we're a part of. I like to see it that when I'm planted in my church, when I'm submitted to my pastor, the anointing 
that is on his life, that's on their life and on, on our house, it spills over onto my life. And quite frankly, it makes me a whole lot better and more effective than I would be on my own. I get all of the benefits, other words. I get all of the strength of what's on our house when I'm submitted to my pastor and to my leader. Not submitted where I'm like sitting down, but I'm standing up on the inside kind of submitted. Not not submission just in word, not submission just in, you know, attitude that you would see. I'm talking that deep down on the inside, like I'm here, I'm aligned, I am with my pastors, and I don't add up in my life that I lose something from that. I add up in my life, I gain everything through that. There is strength in that, that the thing that I'm a part of is making me a whole lot better than I am. We can't be submitted to God if we're not submitted to the authority he's established. In fact, in our next episode with some friends, uh, a panel, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the idea that we can't possibly walk in authority and, and, and say we're submitted to God if we're not also submitted to the authority he has established. Let me land the plane by bringing us back to the centurion and this incredible interaction Jesus had with him, if even from a distance. It says this of Jesus. It says that Jesus marveled at his faith. Now, this is significant. Jesus marveled at his faith. That word marveled is used only two times in Scripture to describe Jesus. Now, now what's interesting is the word marveled is used many times referencing the crowd toward Jesus. People often marveled at his miracles. They marveled at his power. They marveled at his teaching. But Jesus rarely marveled at them. There's only two times. In fact, the only other time it says Jesus marveled was at the unbelief of the people in his hometown. So, if you think about it, Jesus marveled at his faith. This is not a Jewish man. This is a soldier in an occupying army. And yet Jesus said he had never seen such faith even in all of Israel. I don't know about you. I want to have the kind of faith and understanding of submission and honor that Jesus marvels at. I, I want to have the kind of understanding of authority like the centurion did. The understanding of this tension, a great leader, yet a great follower, following commanding officers, yet leading others. I want to have that kind of beautiful understanding of the attentions of, of submission and authority that would cause Jesus to marvel. Because I believe when Jesus marvels, Jesus responds. And I, I believe there's something intangible about leaders who get this at a deep level in their heart, and in their spirit. So as I'm talking to you today, um, there are some of you who are struggling in this area. I just want to talk to you for a minute. Um, if you're struggling in this area, you'll know who you are. I hope you've even listened this far, to be really honest. If you have listened this far, I believe you have a sense in your heart you want God to do something in this, this space in your life and in your heart. In fact, I even feel there's someone watching um, 
this entire time I've been talking, you've been thinking about someone you're struggling with, a leader you've been struggling with, someone in authority, maybe you're bumping your head with them, or maybe you're looking for the opportunity to lead or walk in authority and it just, it just hasn't happened for you yet. You know, it hasn't come your way. I just want to ask you right now, if you would be willing to submit this to God, like, do you trust God enough to work on your behalf in this situation? The challenge with bumping our head with leaders is we often don't know what to do. We often don't know, like, what do you do? Do you go to them? Do you have the conversation? Do you just, you know, suck it up and stick it out? I mean, is, is that... I think sometimes we don't know what to do. I'm offering you this thought that in this tension, there's something beautiful Jesus wants to do in your life. It could be, and I just want to offer this to you today. It could be that Jesus has brought this situation into your life, maybe not to get you out of it right away, but for it to do a work in your heart. Maybe there's just something about your leadership he wants to you know, a rough edge he wants to smooth out or something he wants to do. I want to ask you to give that thing to God today. Just ask Jesus to be Lord over it. Ask him to take authority over it and ask him to do everything in your life he wants to do in this situation. And I believe, just like it says in James chapter one, I believe you'll be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If you'll just allow Jesus to come and enter that space. So God, I thank you for everyone listening and watching uh, this episode today. Jesus, I thank you. You know right where they're at. I thank you. You know that the, the real things we're facing, you know the places where we're bumping our heads with our leaders. You know maybe where the environment is imperfect. You know the areas where we're, we're struggling, the areas where, where submission has felt weighty, where it has felt hard and not like a joy. God, I pray today by the power of your word, I pray that your word would, would set someone free today. And I pray, uh, Jesus, in, in the power of your name and with your spirit, that you would just invade every heart and every life today, right where we're at, whether we're driving, listening to this in the gym, in an office, with a team. I ask that you would just fill that room, fill that space right now, Jesus. Let us know that you're Lord. Let us know that you're in control. And Jesus, I ask we, we just submit some things to you today. We give that situation over to you today. I ask that you'd have your way. I ask that you would work on our behalf. I ask that you would do what only you can do. And I thank you, Jesus, in advance. I, I thank you how you're going to go before us. You're going to work on our leaders, but you're also going to work on us. I pray you'd bring us to a place of greater alignment and greater unity because your, your church desperately needs it. And we want to see your kingdom move forward. We want to see your name lifted high. So be Lord over these situations. Bring healing, Father, where there's pain. And Father, we just choose today, we're going to lift up the arms of our leaders. We're going to we're going to run strong for them and trust you with the outcome in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen. Leading second, we love you so much. Um, it is the honor of a lifetime to get to have this time uh, to talk every month. I hope that you'll stay tuned uh, this month for a series of conversations that I think is really going to help us unpack this vital tension of authority versus submission. So stay around for it today. Also, I want to encourage you, hit the subscribe button if you would, but leave a rating, comment, even consider sharing this episode with someone. It really helps us to get the word out. Also, uh, reach out to us on leadingsecond.com if you have a question or uh, you'd like prayer in some way. It'd be our honor to walk with you in this season of your life and ministry. So Leading Second, we love you. We're praying for you. Until next time, let's run strong for the kingdom and lead in an uncommon way. 
together. For more information, go to leadingsecond.com where you can find our digital magazine. You can also follow us on Instagram at leadingsecond to keep up with our community of uncommon church builders.